Welcome to another episode of Black Crew Call. I'm your host, Kay Montgomery. So excited to bring to you today a hairstylist that is basically a legend. You've seen her work on some of everything. Wait till I drop the gems on you. Um, the original Black Panther, Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Charlie's Angels, Captain Marvel, Dream Girls. The Help, The Pursuit of Happiness, Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Parts 1 and 2, Captain America, Civil War. Listen, y'all don't have time for me to run through all of Camille Friends' credits. Most recently, guys, she did the hair for The Little Mermaid. And y'all know we were amazed by the hair in that. I mean, I just saw it and I was just like, I mean, I can't even describe underwater. I can't. Yeah, I'm ready to get all into it. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Camille Friend today. Welcome to the show, Camille. Ah, thank you so much, Kay. How's everybody out there? So we're so excited to talk to you because you're not only a hairstylist, but I think one of the main things I think that is so dope is you are really putting in the work to inform the community, to tell them not only about what you do, but about how they can do it too. So I'm so excited to get into everything you're doing with hair scholars, but just right off the bat, kind of tell us what you do as a hairstylist on film and TV sets. Well, basically what my position is, is a department head hairstylist. So I run the department that goes everything from, of course, designing you are you are getting wigs made. You are hiring and firing people, and you know making sure the daily run of your movie. So that means you know you're breaking down scripts. You're doing continuity. You're it's it, it's an all encompassing job. It's a full time job. So on a, a film like Black Panther, how many stylists then would you be in charge of managing? Because that's a huge ensemble cast. Yes. So. How we start off is we have, we have, we had basically three trailers. So you have what we call an A, B, and like maybe like C trailer. Mm -hmm. So in the A trailer, we had five, five hairstylists, you know, basically four hairstylists and one barber. And then in the B trailer, we had, we had three to four barbers. And then when we go into what we call the background, where people are working on the background people, we can have anywhere from 25 to 30 people, just depending on the day, the amount of background um, artists that we have working that day. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to do in your job because you're not only managing people, but you're doing stuff yourself. You're having to approve. Yeah, that's a lot. And a show like Black Panther, you can't just slap somebody uh, with a ponytail and keep it moving. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because we're looking at when I, I am anyway, when I'm looking at something like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever and the original are so beautiful. I'm taking in everything in every scene. You know, when they're in the village, I'm looking at everybody in a village and their hair and how they're dressed. And, you know, so it's just so many. It would seem like difficult because there are so many details. Well, I think that happens in the planning. The thing about movies like this, you don't just wake up and go to work. It's <laughs> a lot of planning. You know, we do a lot of meetings. We do a lot of planning, a lot of schedules. Like I'm a big scheduler. Like I have a lot of schedules and, you know, that's something that just to stay on task. And then, 
you know, it's hiring great teams of people. Like you need to have people who can execute what you want them to execute. So in every position, I always have people who are the leads and who are, you know, in charge of, they know what they're in charge of. So they're in charge of leading us, you know, because I always say this, you know, hair and makeup people are like herding cats. You can't herd cats. So sometimes it's, it's tricky. So, you know, you have to have, you have to have strong leadership not only from myself, but everybody in um, the positions under who are leading this movie to get it to where we want it to be, to the final product, what you see. Right. No, that's yeah. that's, a, that's such a good point. So tell us a little bit about your path to your job or profession. Um, I am a third generation hairstylist. Oh, wow. So- I mean, uh, hairdressing is in my family. It's in my blood. I never really wanted to do other things. You know, my parents probably would have been happy if I was like, I, at one point I wanted to be a um, a pharmacist and I was really good. You know, I was really good at all of those things. So my parents were like, yes, she's going to be a pharmacist. But no, I became a hairdresser, but now they're okay with it. <laughs> After an Oscar nomination, it's like, okay, you've done right? it. So she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. But, you know, my no, my family is a great encouragement and support for me. So, you know, that's really how like how I started. And I'm going to say this and I say this often that my career is something that I didn't necessarily plan. Like I wasn't a person who planned to get into the film business. This was my career was planned by God. And I say that all the time. It's always to be planned by God. And I'm just the vessel and he just gives me the strength, the cop, you know, the courage and the knowledge to do what I do. I love that. That is awesome. So what, what do you find is the traditional or is there a traditional path for people in your profession? I mean, you started as a hairstylist, but then what led you to film? Did you just stumble into like your first job and then you ended up loving it? Or what was that process? I'm telling you, I stumbled into it. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't care. Like I'm being serious. This is God's plan. I didn't, I didn't know it. Literally. I got a phone call from a friend and they were like, can you come help curl some wigs on this movie, which was thin line between love and hate. I went there. I'm good at curling hair. I curled some hair. They told me, Hey, this movie's going to go union. I was like, what's the union? And they told me, and they were like, this is how much you need to get in. I was like, well, you know, it was, I think back then it was 3,500. I think it was 3,500. And and then it was off to the races. From that movie, I met a woman on that movie. Her name was Simbi Kali. Simbi Kali was like, I'm doing this show called Third Rock from the Sun for NBC. And they told me that I could bring a hairdresser. They, She was like, do you want to do it? I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'll go. So. Then I was off to the races. You know, I did that show for six years, got my first Emmy nomination. So it's just, I mean, and then things just, they just evolved. And I fell in love with this business. I always loved movies. Like I'm a big, I love watching movies. I've watched a ton of movies. You know, I grew up watching movies. So it's something that I've always loved to do. You know, I grew grew up in the blockbuster area. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, where there was, you know, you actually went and you got movies. So, you know, it's something, and we went to the movies. You know, my mother, I'm from Tempe, Arizona. It's hot in the (laughs) summer times. Please let me drop you off at the movies (laughs) all day. Here's some money. Right. Get out of here. So I I I spent days watching movies. I love that. 
Wow. Yeah. So your first team, okay, first of all, your first job overall was a thin line between love and hate, which everybody knows is a classic with Martin Lawrence. That movie is hilarious. And then the second was Third Rock from the Sun, which was like Emmy Award winning, highly lauded on NBC, huge comedy. Um, and then you just fell in love from with it from then. That is so interesting. So tell me a little bit about what people think you do and what you actually do. Are there any like, um, you know, uh, things that people kind of miss about your profession that they kind of get wrong. They think that you're chilling all day or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm chilling all day in the trailer and no, I'm running around. Like you will catch me, you know, listen, when you're on movies, I'm just going to say of the magnitude of like um, black Panther Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. At one point, I think I worked uh 27 days straight without a day. Wow. Off because wow. we had First unit going. We had second unit going. We had the underwater unit going. Mm. I was just in my car driving all day on the weekends, still being at work because you know what? I have to make sure that it's right. And not Mm. that I don't trust people. I hire great crews and great teams of people, but I have to be there to put my eyes on it. And then Mm. I look at like, we had great leaders, Ryan Coogler, the director. If Ryan Coogler... Kugler can be on set and be there on second and third unit. So could Camille Friend, because, you know, it's not, you know, people are like, well, that's not my job. I don't have that attitude. Yeah. My job, my job is to be there. My job is to be, and that's what my job is. So, you know, I don't have, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't want to put all their all into it. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine, but I'm not mediocre. I'm excellent. And I do this job in excellence. So you have to decide when you when you start how you want to do this job. And the success is real. So part of it is it comes from my work ethic, you know, my family work ethic and who I see myself as a person and what I want to portray and the energy I want to put out to the world. It comes back. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about hair scholars, because I'm sure these are the gems you're dropping on people (laughs) who you're training. So tell me a little bit about the beginning of the organization and what you guys do. So hair scholars is my, you know, it's my baby. It's my educational company. And what we do is, you know, everywhere I went all around the world, I was always teaching people. And I was like, okay, I love teaching. I found out like that's something that's another passion of mine. I love teaching. And very much when I do movies, my trailer is a teaching ground. It's there like, it's not only for me to teach. There's every person in that trailer offers something that you can learn from. So if somebody's doing something cool, I always say, hey, everybody come over here. Let's take a look. Show us how you did this. Because Mm -hmm. I think you can learn something from everybody. So in Hair Scholars, it is all about teaching and educating. So we have from basically what I call our business side of classes, which our business classes are, you know, teaching you, which is called like the blueprint for beginners. That's Mm -hmm. the beginning class. We're going to teach you what the union is, how to get into the union, Mm -hmm. how to do your resume and portfolio, all of those things, how to do your paperwork. All of those things that are going to get you in the door first. And we give you beautiful resources on how to look for jobs when you're non-union. So that's that's like, you know, the, the entry level class. Then we have classes like how to be a good key. A key is the right hand to the department head. So mm-hmm. that's the person that I truly depend on. So how do you how do you be a good key? So teaching people about how to be a good key how to do your continuity, how to do your script breaks downs, how to do your manpower days, 
all of these things that happen inside of the trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you. Then the last class is the blueprint for department head, which is teaching you how to be like a department head like me. I'm teaching you everything I know, you know, how to do $100 million movies or $1 million movies. It doesn't matter. If you're going to do it in excellence and do it right, these are all the classes. And then we're about to release, I'm so excited, our wig classes. So we're going to have our practical wig classes. I'm on camera showing you how I do my signature head wrap and how to apply lace front, basically full lace wigs, I should say, but how we do it in the industry because it is different than how you do it on Instagram. It is very <laughs> different. So just know that. Oh, that's, I mean, all of that stuff is amazing because I'm going to tell you nowhere else is teaching you that. Nowhere else is teaching you how to get into the union. You know how much digging and talking to people and talking to other people and people giving you misinformation is going to happen when you're trying to find out something that simple as getting into the union. So for you to be teaching people that, to be teaching people key and and then to be progressing with them. So you're not just being like, okay, this is how you get in, but you're like, okay, this is the next step. And if you want to be a department head, here's the step here. Like it just feels invaluable because I don't think that anybody else is I mean, I look for this information, right? This is what I'm trying to bring people. So I'm so excited that this is what you're doing. So tell us about the website, the Instagram, however we can get in contact, find out more, uh, sign up, the whole deal. So you can go to hairscholars.com and you can sign up for classes there. And also we are on Instagram. We're hairscholars on Instagram and also Camille what I think it's Camille underscore friend and all we have, you know, on both, on both venues, we put the classes and, you know, little, little things that, you know, that I'm doing or where I'm at, or, you know, just interesting things. They're both, it's all there. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So you're seeing a lot of people kind of in their infancy in the industry, right? Just when they're beginning, what do you think are important qualities or skills Um, to have to make it in the business that sometimes people overlook? Okay. Listen, listen, listen. This is the thing. When stylists come from the salon, most of them were independent contractors. We're used to running our own program. When When you come to the trailer, you're not running your own program. So you have to listen. You have to take instruction. We're gonna tell you what we want, how we want it done, when to take lunch, when to go home. There's a lot of instruction, but that's just part of what it is. You have to follow instruction and you have to listen. And then I think the second thing is, you know, and and, and people always say this, I get this a lot. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> well, I hate to say this, but it's no, it's just the truth. We get up early in the morning, mm-hmm. like be prepared to wake up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., be at work at 4.30, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. That's what the game is. So I always say this to morning people. If you're not a morning person, this might not be for you. I'm being serious because it's a morning game. Other thing, you need to learn how to be an actor. So be a great actor. In the morning when you come in the trailer, it is a communal atmosphere. You come into the trailer in the morning, it's hello, good morning, how are you doing? You have to learn how to get out of yourself. And sometimes we're the best actors because (laughs) this is what you are the first stop to that actor's day. So if the actor comes in and you're all grumpy, cranky, I'm tired. I don't want to be that. 
that. And I don't like I don't subscribe to that. And people in my camp, I don't I don't go for it. You can you can go home. So these are things like, you know, you got to know we're setting up the atmosphere of the day and the energy of the day for our actors. So you come in there with a smile. You come in there with a positive attitude. You come in there bringing your A game. That's what you do every single day. Mm. That's such a good point. That's an excellent point because you're 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 not in a business that is going to start at eleven and twelve o'clock. It's just not the it's not the business, and you got to be used to being on set for hours and hours. When you said you work twenty seven days in a row, people might be like, "Oh, well, some you know I don't get days off or whatever." But it's like, no, you're working twenty seven days in a row, but those days are not eight hour days. You're working 14, 15, 16 hour days, right? So you have to have that underlying passion to be there. Yeah. And like you said, just simply, if if it's, you know, you may not be a morning person, but the passion for it should be waking you up, right? Exactly. And you know what? Sometimes you have to be an actor. I mean, listen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, every, we all have things. You could have a bad headache. Like, listen, I'm, I, I, sometimes I have a headache. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm this, sometimes I'm that. So I don't have sinuses, but guess what? I got to get up, mm-hmm. get ready, put on my makeup, get my hair ready, get my clothes on and go to work because this is, that's what we're here to do. And it's such a blessing to be able to have these opportunities to number one, work with a ta- list talent to be travel the world, to work on blockbuster movies. This is a gift and it's a greatest opportunity that you could ever have. And you know, and if you want to change your life and you want to put, put the real gusto into it, then it can be done, but you got to do the work. So do the work and, and the work will come to you. Awesome. So you did the hair famously for the little mermaid and yeah. I think when we saw, when the trailer came out, we were all like, what? Because she keeps her locks and then it has so much texture in it. It's just beautiful. Um, even the reveal at the end where she goes blonde because she's been in the sun for a while. I was like, that makes so much sense. Of course, I'm going to be a blonder because she's been in the sun. I mean, I just loved every part of it was brilliant. Um, but can you talk to us a little bit about your inspiration for that? Um, for making Hallie's hair into locks and having all that texture in it and not doing the bright red, straight Little Mermaid that, uh, you know, cartoon that we've grown up with? Well, you know, I was approached by Disney to come and basically do some sketches and see what I could design. And so then my next step was talking to Rob Marshall, the director, and seeing like what was important for him, what were his needs. And then then talking to Hallie and met with Hallie and met with her family and, you know, just talking to her and realizing how important it was to keep the natural hair. You know, her family, they all have natural hair. They have locks and different things, braids and this. So I was like, okay, how can we make this? How can we, because it's a two part, you have to keep your filmmakers happy and how do you keep your actors happy? So I just start, started designing like in that sense of that. So, you know, I went into it and thinking about it and, you know, first thinking about what can we do? And, you know, one thing, you know, Rob Marshall important for him was, you know, he loved the lock idea, but how do we make the locks float? How do we make that hair look like it's dancing? So all of these things went into the design and, you know, the color of her hair is, you know, we, I know the classic Ariel, but you know, it's something as when I design a character and work with the actor, I look at several things. I look at, you know, what's their eye color? What's their facial shape? 
What's their skin tone? What's the undertones in their skin? What is the distance between their ears and their shoulders? You know, what is what's the what's their what's their hairline like? All of these things go into designing a look for a person. So I did the same thing with Hallie. So I started looking at color, like you know, what what hair color is gonna look good on her? We mm. did, I did, I think I probably did 12 to 15 samples of color. Started looking at okay. What color looks good on her? So, because the number one is you can design the most awesome, bomb, you know, hairstyle. You think you are killing it. (laughs) It doesn't look good on your actor. If it doesn't look good and they're not comfortable, you, you, you still have failed. So, you know, looking at all of those things, that's what we went in. That's how I went into design it. And, you know, something that, you know, was just going to work for everyone. And, and we landed on what we have you know, the aerial character you see on, on screen. Yes. Oh my gosh. We were so, it was just amazing. It was just, I mean, uh, you've heard it, Camille. I mean, it, that I, I walked out and I said to my family, if she don't get an Oscar for that hair alone, honey, period. I mean, just one scene of it underwater. And then when she's singing and she's, I mean, because it's a soft when she's singing, but then when she's being chased, right. It has to move in a different way when she's being chased. I was just like, listen. And then when she gets on land, you know, I could go for it. And I want to, I want to say this, because I want to give a couple, uh, I want to give a couple thank yous. Uh, First, I want to give a thank you to Tiffany Williams. She is a brilliant hairstylist in London. And just know, I just want to be very clear. I like to give everybody their, their flowers. She was the one who like covered Hallie on set. So she was there with her on set day to day because I designed the look and it was, I came in. Then COVID happened, came out, we started again, and I came in to get them started, and then I moved on. So I just want to clarify. So, you know, Tiffany Williams was the person who definitely was on set with her every day and managed her every day. Second of all, I want to give a great shout out to the visual effects people. So I was very much a part of the visual effects creation. And so, you know, in this, in, you know, designing the look, it's, you also have to work with visual effects. That's something people Sometimes I don't know. We work very closely with visual effects. So, you know, working with them and they, those guys were excellent in really, you know, um, making sure the look was good. They sent me a lot of composites. We went back and forth on the look to make sure that it was dialed in and look really great when she was in those scenes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Tell me a little bit about Black Panther and the ingenuity that you had to come up with. Um, with the mics and the hair. I heard you tell this um, this story on a panel and I just thought it was so fascinating. Well, you know, this is the thing. Miking, miking in the hair is very common. Actually, we mic Hallie through her hair too oh, for, wow. um, for Little Mermaid. I mean, basically, you know, you put them, you, you have the pack and her hair was so long. And I was like, the sound people, I was like, oh, this is an easy one to cover. Just run it. And we just run it and stitch it the mic through the hair and plant it, you know, right in here. And we color, we color all the wires. So you never see them. So that's just something that we do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really common. Like you see it sometime in theater, you know, but you know, it, it really works. And, you know, I have to give a shout out. There was a, um, back in the day on dream girls, um, Marvin, I can't think of Marvin's last name right now. He's, he was a boom operator. God rest his soul. He passed. And Willie Burton, who's who is a very famous black sound sound mixer, they really taught me how to mic 
and get that in the in the hair right. So shout out to Willie Burton. He's a friend. I love him. He's a legend in this business. And he really helped. You know, he taught me how to get that mic right. Him and Marvin in the hair. Because <laughs> Marvin was like, you bet. No, it, no. Uh, uh. You know, so I love people in my life who have taught me so much about this business and about, you know, just about living. I love that. I love people helping each other out, especially black people like, wait a minute, uh uh-uh, sis, you got to do this with this thing. I (laughs) I absolutely love it. So as a black person in the industry, do you find that there is a sense of community, that there is a sense of like welcoming and belonging? How is the community? I find that I see a lot. If I don't see anybody black on a set, I'm going to see a black hairstylist if nobody else. So I feel like I'm like, huh, I don't know if you guys have just trailblazed. I don't know if these are all people that have been through your class. Camille, you doing your work. I don't know. Tell me what your feeling is in the industry. Um, I'm going to say I still think we have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. I still think in many, many of the crafts, you know, I feel like in a way and and I want to say this with very lightly that, you know, hair and makeup, we are a little further than some of the other crafts, but I still, we still are not seeing, you know, people of color in other crafts. I'm talking about camera, mm-hmm. sound, grip, mm-hmm. electric, you know, like greensmen's props. There, mm-hmm. there are so many areas, editors, you know, sound yeah. mixers, all of those places we are still lacking and we still have a lot of work to do. And, you know, I've worked on sets my whole life where, you know, I mean, I could be the only black person unless I brought in, you know, a, you know, other people of color into the mix. And that's why my my teams are always very mixed. I'd like to totally mix it up. It should be it should be something for everybody, because I feel also when an actor comes into the trailer, they might want to see somebody they identify with. I know as black actors, that's always been a complaint. So mm-hmm. I'd like to mix it up. So we have, you know, we have African-American people. We have we have Latin you know, we have Caucasian, let's have Asian, let's, let's have Indian, let's have all, let's, let's just mix it up. So we have an inclusive trailer and that's the way that, you know, I can, I can make a difference, but I still think we have a very long way to go. And I'll, I'll say like my Marvel family is a family, like my Marvel family. I love them. They love me back. And so, you know, it's, it's still a, a, still a place where, it needs to be changed. We still need change in this business very much across the cruise. Yeah, absolutely agree. That's why that's why I do the podcast. Yes. So so you said back in the day, which makes me feel very old because I feel like Dream Girls was so recent and I love oh. it. So you're <laughs> <laughs> so you just do, I mean, we can't peg you, right? You're doing superhero. I know you do film, you've done you've done TV. Um, but a period piece like Dream Girls, how do you even approach it when it comes to um, just researching and getting ideas? Because you had three very distinct, different characters, but then sometimes they had to be similar because they were in a group. So how I'm, I'm interested in how you approach things with a historical lens. I mean, historical lens is totally it's research. And that's something I actually teach in the department head class. Research, research, research. Like there's a movie I can't talk about that I'm getting ready. I'm starting to do the research on it. And it's extensive research. Like it's a lot of research. So it's not only me. I have my assistant helping me. Like, I mean, there's a lot of research that has to go into because it has to be historically correct. 
Mm-hmm. We can't, this has to be correct because we're representing a culture of people. And I'm so excited and I can't talk about it yet. But the research that goes into these movies is huge. You know, the first Black Panther was, you know, a huge learning curve. Like, you know, we just really dove in and, you know, and and really worked it out. Also with, you know, with the um with Wakanda Forever talking about the Tala Keneal, talking about, you know, the Latin culture, talking, you know, talking about all of, the, of that in the Mayan culture. We did a really deep dive into what this culture is. How does it look? Because no matter what I do, I always want to, uh, uh, you know, represent everybody's culture appropriate because that's what we deserve as people. And, you know, like on a Black Panther Wakanda Forever, we had an advisor so we had an advisor who is a Mayan specialist, who's a professor of, of Mayan studies. Wow. So we had um, Dr. Aldana. His name is Dr. Aldana. I'll give him a shout out too. Dr. Aldana was a great help. You could always reach out to him, show him things. And, you know, he was very much an integral part of what we did in the movie. That is awesome. What I always find interesting also, especially with Black, with a movie like Black Panther, um, you're doing a lot of research and historical stuff, but it's really Afro Afrofuturistic. It's very futuristic. It so the the way that you mail the history with the future is just insane to me. Well, if we know our history, we can get to the future. You know, everything, you know, and always, you know, in my movies, I always base things in, in reality. Like it's not something I just pulled out of the air. Like everything is based in reality. Like I'm going to say this. And some people don't like that I say this, but I'm going to say it. Like to me, the original hair hairstyle is a braid. Why? In every culture, if you look at every culture across the board, braid is there. But and why is that? Because you need nothing with the braid but this. Mm. It only needs your hands. So in every culture, historically, I've researched so many cultures. If you look at every culture, I, I'm serious. Every culture has some sort of braid in it because you don't need anything to braid but these, your fingers. Wow. That is so fascinating. I never knew that. I never even thought about that. If you think about, no, if you really think about it, if you really, really think about it, in every culture, there's braids. In every culture. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. So because you are um, who you are, I I know, and you said you've always loved film. So I know you have to look at film and TV with a different eye just because of what you do. So I <laughs> so I'm wondering what have you watched lately where you've been like, oh wow, they really nailed that. The person who did the hair and that did they did the thing. Um, you know what? I'll say this. I think there's a couple, like there's a TV show and it's called The Crown. Oh yeah. The Crown. I give my hats off to those people who do that show. They are replicating looks and they nail them. Like that Diana this year uh, with Elizabeth DeBecky, which is a friend. I was like, oh my God, they nailed it. You know, so, and they, and they consistently have done it every season, you know, cause sometimes things look good the first season and then it's a little, but they have consistently nailed it. So that's one, that's one program where I'm like, Man, they consistently really, really do it and do a great job at it. So, you know, that's that's something I looked at and I was like, 
thrilled to watch. And I mean, I love, I love historical movies. I love old movies. You know, I love, I love all of, you know, time period movies. I love all of that. Yeah, that's awesome. But you laughed when I said it first. Wait, so did the, was the first thing you thought of when people get it wrong? Was that the first thing you thought? Yeah, but I don't <laughs> like to talk about people who get it wrong. And I, okay, people enough, who get it wrong, enough. all I want to say is, Come to hair scholars. How to do <laughs> well, it. I will ask you this. What do you think the biggest mistake is that you see made on film? Um, usually it is a couple of things. It's I'm going to say it's wigs. And this has been something that's been talked about in the press. It's wigs. It's quality of wigs. But sometimes I call it I call it user error. It is how the wig is applied and how the wig is styled. You know, a lot of people want to take a wig and they want to comb it flat, 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 flat. That's not what you do for camera. You can do that on Instagram, but on camera, it looks ridiculous. Like if, Kay, if we look at your hair, there's a natural rise to how your hair comes out of your scalp, correct? Mm, yeah. Yep. That's what makes your hair look natural. Ah. That's why when you're doing a wig, you are mimicking what natural hair looks like in the sense of how it naturally comes out of the scalp. So if you making the hair flat, 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 you look like a pinhead. <laughs> so for instance, I have on a wig, you, you keep a little lift in it. You keep it a little, you keep the movement. That's how you keep it. That's how you keep your hair looking natural on camera. That's what it is. Wow. That's one, that's one, of, that's one of the tricks. And then, you know, it's, it's how you wrap the hair underneath the wig. You know, if you, if you, if the hair is bulky underneath, you're going to have a bulky wig on the top. You're going to look like the head is ginormous. So, you know, all of these things are little things that you learn. And that's what we teach in hair scholars. That is awesome. And I think that we don't, you know, when you said that I'm looking at my hair, flat on my hair today. And there is, when you said there's a natural rise, I'm like, oh yeah, there is. There's but, see, a natural, but it's natural. It's natural. Yeah. I would have never put my finger on. That's what it was. But when you see a wig that looks extra wiggy, you know what I mean? You just go like, oh, that looks real, real wiggy. And you can't and really put your it's finger flat. on it. It's flat. It's flat. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's the gym. That's fascinating. But <laughs> I like how you say you can do it on Instagram, but it don't work. So I, <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, the thing about it is it's, and don't get me wrong. What people do on Instagram, they do. But mm-hmm. what I do is on camera that lasts forever. And, you know, we're showing now, we're showing in digital. We're showing in IMAX. Like, it's a whole different ball ball of wax. So, you know, and knowing what to do to adjust to those things. So that's why I say you can have your A-gay in the salon or you could be, you know, the Instagram maven. But when you come to my world, you got to learn how to do it differently because Mm -hmm. there is a distinct difference. So that's good to know. Yeah. As you transition, and for people who are transitioning, it's really good to know. You might think it's the same, but there are key differences. And a hundred percent, yeah, you got to know those. You got to yeah. learn those. Well, thanks so much for coming to talk to us. So, it, just in wrapping up, I consider this show to be an act of service. Right? It's it's an act of it service is. to the black 100%. community. And I'm just wondering why giving back is so important to you because you're participating in this act of service. Giving back to me is everything giving people the hand up, the opportunity, like people gave me the opportunity. And I'm at the point in my career, listen, I've been doing this for 28 years. I actually have enough hours to retire. I'm being serious. I could retire tomorrow and go away. I could. I 
have enough hours. I've worked that much, but still I have a, I have a need. I have a a desire to help others and train others and help people get in this industry and be excellent. You know, I don't want there to be, you know, like one or two, you know, department heads that are doing hundred million dollar movies because that's what it really has come down to. There's about two of us that do hundred million dollar movies. I want it to be 25 of us, 50 of us, a hundred of us. We have to change. But part of it is we have to elevate ourselves and we have to change this and we have to change our hearts. So if if we do that, we can achieve that and we can we can play on those. I'll say I'll just say this in closing. Working in the industry is not like working in any other industry. And I always say it's like being in the Super Bowl. Or it's like, you know, right now we have um we have the NBA championship going on. And if you ever been to a championship game, I have. It's electrifying. But you're playing with the best of the best. So when you're coming into that, you come with your A game and your best skills, and you will always win the Super Bowl if you do that. That is awesome. I love those closing words. What else can we say, guys? It's been Camille Friend here with us on Black Crew Call. I'm your host, Kay Montgomery. Remember, as always, stay Black, keep dreaming. Special thank you to Kala for our theme music and for editing on this episode. 